there. Welcome to the Future Ready Podcast, where we explore how to build future-ready organizations in a new never normal. My name is Arne Kötting, founder of Cozin and your host. Today we share the first episode in our Workplace and Culture chapter. The war for talent is one of the biggest challenges facing any corporation right now. Open positions are at an all-time high, with job seekers enjoying the freedom to be more selective when it comes to deciding on their employer of choice. And money is often not the decisive factor. In fact, a recent article from Forbes puts flexibility, shared values and diversity way ahead of benefits or financial incentives. So in times where talents are a scarce resource, companies need to put in much more effort to attract and retain people. Going further than a shiny employer branding campaign, looking more holistically at the employee lifecycle, from hiring to retiring. Which is why we see a new discipline emerge, inspired by the customer experience concept, employee experience. An approach that seeks to create high employee engagement at all physical and digital touchpoints. Today I'm delighted to be joined by Magali Demier, Global Head of Employee Experience at Philip Morris International, based in London, to explain how to bring this concept to life in a global and highly diverse setting and some insights on how it's helping the company with its transformation to move towards a smoke-free future. Magali, it's a pleasure having you on the Future Ready podcast. Thank you, Arnie. Very happy to be here today. It's great to have you. Uh, Magali, tell us a little bit about your professional story. I've seen you have an exciting career starting in investment banking and then gradually moving into the area you are working in right now. Tell us a little bit about your background. Um, you, you call it, you know, unconventional background indeed. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think it's a good example and it's a living example that, um, you know, today and even more so in the future, um, people will have more than one career path, yeah. right? They will yeah. continue to to need to learn and reskill themselves um, in order to touch different fields. So look, as far as I'm concerned, I'm, I'm French, I'm married to a Swiss guy, and we live in London with our three children. And I started working, as you mentioned, uh, for a French bank in Chicago. Okay. Uh, and after my MBA... I joined Lehman Brothers in San Francisco as an associate in the consumer goods and retail team. Mm -hmm. And you know what I enjoyed the most back then was uh, really listening to our clients. Um, I was looking after Walmart, Levi's, engaging with them, structuring and closing deals. And, and I think these skills uh, were quite easily transferable to a commercial role, which is Which is why, you know, after I realized that the investment banking culture wasn't really the one for me because <laughs> <laughs> leaving in San Francisco, I had to be in the office at 5.30 every night, uh, sorry, every morning, and I had to stay late every night. I realized okay. that's not really the lifestyle I, I want to have. So I, I joined G Capital as a relationship manager and linked some of our strategic clients. And working for G at that time, which I have to say was amazing people manager, mm -hmm. uh, gave me the opportunity to grow from within. And I went from a pure commercial role to a commercial excellence role, setting up the learning and development strategy for commercial function. Mm 
Mm-hmm. And then I picked up the management of our commercial leadership program, uh, which is our entry level after university or post MBA. And then GE Capital was sold. <laughs> and I received a call to start a new function at the end of 2016, which was uh, the workplace experience okay. function. And I uh, don't know if you knew this, but GE was starting to plan for its new headquarter in Boston at that time. And the intent was to leverage the office design in mm-hmm. the new HQ, but also across G different location uh, worldwide to drive cultural change uh, in the sense of ways of working as well as behavioral change. And, and I think G was one of the first corporation to realize that if you want to be agile and quick in your decision-making, you can't have leaders, um, decision-makers sitting on different floors yeah. in closed offices. When, and, and, Magali, when was yeah. it again? Uh, in it, which? it was it was at the end of 2016. Wow, so pretty uh, advanced. Um. I, th- I think they were quite early in that yeah. thinking. Um, and, and, you know, the other thing they realized is Depending on your persona, so depending on how you work, you will need different spaces to be at your best. So someone in a sales, you know, sales office will work differently than someone who is in the, um, you know, finance uh, function, for instance. And so you shouldn't be designing space thinking there's one size fits all. You should really be designing the space thinking about the users of mm-hmm. that space. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that requires, you know, in order to do this successfully, that requires a lot of listening to understand how people work, what are their needs uh, when they come to the office, what tools and technology do they use, what's the best way to communicate with them, all of these things. Mm-hmm. And that enables you to map um, your personas. And then obviously you need to, as always, do change management and project management to bring them along the journey. Mm-hmm. But it was really this last experience with GE that gave me the opportunity to join PMI at the end of 2018, so already three and a half years ago, to lead the recently established employee experience team. And it was such a new and exciting challenge that I couldn't refuse, uh, and, and it gave me the opportunity to continue to learn and grow on a daily basis because as I mentioned earlier right there's no one size fits all and even more so today um, but also because you know our employee emotional and functional needs are quickly evolving in this world I mean I'm sure you're familiar with the term VUCA right VUCA sure, world, sure. volatile uncertain complex and, yeah. and ambiguous um, and it's It's because of that that employee listening uh, and employee experience really need to work together to understand, as I mentioned earlier, the emotional and functional needs of our employees, but also of our people manager. Many people um, are more familiar with the term user experience. Can you elaborate on the concept of employee experience? So what is the essential idea or the assumption behind the concept? Sure. Let let me try to be succinct. (laughs) Um, And maybe I'll start by giving you kind of a textbook definition of what employee experience is, and then we can elaborate on this. I mean, employee experience is really the sum 
of the various perception that employees have about their interaction with the organization in which they work. And uh, that means the interaction they have with people and mostly their colleagues, but their line manager, right, who has a critical role to play in the experience, but also the processes, the product, the services, and the workplace. And the impact yeah. of these interactions um, on their happiness, motivation, and productivity. And obviously, this is in service of a business outcomes, huh? an internal or external customer experience. And what what I called user experience or UX, as we you know as, as we call it here, it's only one part of UX, and mm-hmm. and UX is the overall experience of a person using a product, right? Such as a website or a computer mm-hmm. application, mm-hmm. especially in terms of how easy or pleasing it is to use. So employee experience is actually much bigger than that. Because it's about all of those different touch points and interaction employees have with their organization. So it could be digital and physical and, uh, you know. And cultural. Cultural, (laughs) uh, yes. Exactly. You you, you said it, right? It's it's exactly that things. And um, I think, look, my, my role and my team, what we do is we really focus on creating an inclusive working environment and culture where really people can thrive in their career and reach their full potential as what we call their full authentic self, right? Mm -hmm. And and my role specifically is to influence all of the people's strategy for them to be truly people-centric and co-created with our different persona in mind, which you know, as a result, will allow my team and I to be really trusted advocates for employees and a people manager and their needs. Let me maybe mention something. Did you know that organizations spend, you know, around 40 billion on customer market research? How much? 14? 40, 40, 40, 40 billion. Okay. But they spend a hundred times less on understanding and shaping the journeys of their employees. And what's really also really interesting is that companies with highly engaged workforce outperform their peers by 147% in terms of earning per share. So it looks like very an untapped world Yet. Um, <laughs> exactly. Whereas on the other side, all the spending on, you know, customer satisfaction and everything, the return on investment is not that clear and not that, you know, easy to calculate. No? So sounds like a good, you know, and as you said, untapped opportunity for companies. Absolutely. And, and for us at PMI, you know, consumer centricity really starts inside the organization mm-hmm. and this is where employee experience really become vital to understand. And, and that's why we have our journeys to really understand um, how our employees going through their life cycle and key moments that matter at PMI. How can we further improve their experience so that they really want to show up to work and be the best version of themselves? And also, how can we establish what we call the ENPS, and, and maybe I'll pose here and make sure you understand what the NPS system is 
in the consumer world. And net if not, net I'm promoter happy. score? Or? Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's the net promoter score. And what we do is we do something very similar to measure the engagement uh, of our employees, and we call it ENPS, right? Employee NPS. Okay. And, um, and we establish that ENPS system to listen and to respond to our employee needs and pain points, just like we do for our customers. Yeah. Just to maintain and increase their advocacy for our company and for our product. So really, if I understand it right, you take the entire kind of, you know, employer journey. So from hiring to retiring and look into all the different, you know, phases or life cycle phases or touch points. And you assess where, you know, you can improve the, the gains and reduce the, the pains. Absolutely. I hope I was clear. You seem to have well understood. Um, but exactly that. My team and I are here to provide the inspiration, the methodology, the coaching, as well as tools uh, and insights about the end-to-end -end employee journey to leaders across our organization oh, yeah. in order to prioritize and drive improvement in the engagement and experience of all of our colleagues And also in order to design and deploy the right people-centric solution. Mm -hmm. So we really support the organization to embed new ways of working, leading to behavior and mindset shift, you know, okay. in line with PMI core values mm -hmm. that will allow our colleagues to be passionate advocate for PMI smoke-free future uh, or smoke-free transformation and deliver the best uh, consumer and commercial outcome. That's really, really, really interesting. Let's talk a little bit, Magali, about your team. So you are leading from, you're working in London, you're leading the Global Employee Experience Unit. Can you tell us a little bit about the organizational setup? So maybe let's start with your team. So how many colleagues do you have? And I'd also be very curious to hear about their background. You know, how diverse is the, the team setup? Sure. So look, in total, it's 12 of us, including myself. So um, I have 11 uh, people reporting to me. And they are based in London, in Manila, and in Buenos Aires, as well as in Krakow. So we are quite a, a global team. Yeah. We, you know, the, the background is also quite diverse. Um, we have some people that have been there before I joined. And they were um, either in the Alelix team or they were in the, um, you know, continuous improvement team. Okay. And then we had people joining us from very diverse background, coming from experience in, uh, in finance, in total rewards, um, in, in obviously your uh, HR service uh, mm -hmm. delivery function as well. I think what we're looking for mostly in our team is the ability to understand the agile methodology. So all of us, or most of us, are um, what we called agile catalyst, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, looking, looking at how do we work in, a, in an agile environment, um, but also with the ability to create very easy and practical tools mm -hmm. um, that we can deploy super quickly to enable our line manager not only to know what they need to do, but also to understand how they need to do it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's the background. We, we, as you can imagine, all need to be very data 
Yes. Oriented. I we just wanted to. I just wanted to ask you because um, Magali, last episode we had an interview on data science and how to use, you know, science for um, behavioral change. So I just wanted to ask you, like, how, how important is, you know, collecting, analyzing data um, for your team? It's very important. But I, what I would say is we actually have a people analytics team. Okay. Um, and within that people analytics team, we have listening and insights team. And then we have uh, the pure analytics team uh, that works with data scientists. And, and we work very much hand in hand. Um, we, we couldn't work effectively without them. Mm-hmm. But there is a little bit of a difference between what we do and what they do. And it's like, you know, It's like two pea in a pod Mm -hmm. because without the insights that they provide on our global uh, pulse survey result with ENPS drivers and with the dashboard that they give us, um, we wouldn't know what to focus on. But in turn, what we do is to deep dive um, through qualitative listening and focus into area that will validate and crystallize the real root causes and then translate them into actionable insights and recommendation by co-creating with employee and leveraging the agile methodology that I was talking about Mm -hmm. earlier. So, you know, the data will tell you what to focus on. And I think our role is really to, once we have the data and the drivers, then we deep dive on the root causes And then we co-create the solution with our employees. In terms of the size of your organization and also the way you look at employee experience in this very um, holistic way, would you say your organization is at the forefront of that movement or is this very common in other organizations too? Look, I... um, We tend to get our inspiration uh, also <laughs> benchmarking externally, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. in, in employee experience, we're still learning a lot of, um, a lot. <laughs> and and I have to say, I, I believe PMI is at the forefront. And I think it's really having this mandate from our senior vice president of people and culture. And we call our HR function people and culture. So mm-hmm. our, our senior vice president, Charles Bendotti, clearly said, We needed to become an employee-centric, data-driven organization. And we really needed to make sure that we anchored EX in quantitative and qualitative data and insights from the very beginning. So it took us quite a lot of time, probably about two years, to map out um, our end-to-end employee and people manager journey, which will help us, again, visualize what are the functional and emotional needs as well as expectation of our employees But we really needed to go through this extensive research in order for us to be able to put in place the right process, services, tools that were needed by our own people. And I think what you see externally is, you know, the the majority of of other organizations probably focus on onboarding. Mm -hmm. Um, A few focus on the leaving experience. You can see more and more actually now looking into the hybrid experience, which you mentioned earlier. Yeah. But I haven't yet seen one that has really mapped out the end-to-end journey. 
Um, so I, I would I would say yes, PMI is probably at the forefront, at the forefront. In, in that. And one of the reasons you just mentioned is you have a clear backup by your board member, the HR leader or the people and culture um, yes. board member. Uh, but yet the topic is relatively new. The term is relatively new. Can you share with us, you know, some of your learning, some of your experience, particularly from the first two years, how you created this, you know, awareness, understanding, but also the demand from within the organization? Sure. And and I still need to, I guess, answer your question around how, how we organized, right? Uh, and, and the different role in the team, because we also have two different roles within the team. Maybe let me let me mention the fact that we needed to measure, okay? We needed to understand our people's need, but mm -hmm. we also needed to measure. Um, so like a lot of people, we started with onboarding experience and then And, and by the way, we, we use uh, listening tools uh, to help mm -hmm. us listen at scale. And, and then we also um, put together some um, surveys to understand the experience of our candidates, to, experience, to understand the experience of a hiring manager, to understand as well how people feel when they are changing role within an organization, And mm -hmm. I don't know a lot of organizations that actually survey their employees when they change role internally. Um, so that's another thing that we wanted to measure because we have more people changing role internally than people that are joining the company. Um, but in the past, we didn't measure their experience. We also looked at, as I mentioned, uh, intern and leaving experience measure to really give us a deep analysis on those specific moments. And, um, and, you know, to be able to enable the mindset shift on ways of working, we started on-demand coaching with mm -hmm. early adopters um, on those topics that I mentioned, so onboarding. So as we were getting data, we started to understand what were the pain points. And as we started to understand what were the pain points, we started to help our market and our function Uh, fix those pain points. So onboarding, uh, you know, what we realize on onboarding is people's main need was to clearly understand their role. When they join, what's my role? And as you can imagine, when you join a company that is transforming at the speed of, you know, the transformation we're going through, those job uh, requirement might change. Mm -hmm. <laughs> But that was a big need from uh, our, our new hires to really understand what role do I have to deliver? What, what's going to be my responsibility? Mm -hmm. We also understood that recognition was a big need from our employees. And so we started testing uh, some modules around recognition, parental leave, employee move, And, and today we still continue this practice of, um, you know, project coaching with our market and our functions. But what we do is we focus on critical engagement topic, such as recognition or career management, with the intention, as always, because we are quite agile in our ways of working, mm -hmm. to test, improve and scale up. And in order to do this, we also put a virtual learning program on employee centricity, initially targeting our service delivery team. And we are going to extend this to our entire people and culture function. And we also build and deploy an EX playbook 
with simple and practical tools to support the mindset shift within our function. Mm-hmm. And as I said, it's not just the employees we're interested in, it's also the people manager. So in, in 2020, we really focus our research on people manager because we know how critical they are to experience and engagement mm-hmm. and also driving cultural shift. And then in 2020, we had COVID and, you know, the line manager role changed even more so during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, so we also needed to understand their needs. And then I think one thing you might be interested in is, as I mentioned, we kicked off our ENPS system, right, um, to learn about all of our employee-centric data. But this system is also a collection of all of the measures we have established to track employee engagement in PMI. And it was the first discovery work for the creation of a feedback loop mechanism, So if you're familiar Mm -hmm. with what's happening in the consumer world, you would know that there is this feedback loop mechanism where you listen to your customer in order to improve your own product, right? Well, we -hmm. do exactly Mm -hmm. the same within our people and culture function. We've recently launched a feedback loop mechanism where we are um, listening to the demand of our markets and our function. And that demand obviously needs to be substantiate with data. And then it helps us prioritize what resources we are going to um, allocate to the different project, Mm -hmm. depending on the impact that this will have, obviously, on our business priorities, but also on our employees and people manager needs. Since two years, we are obviously in a very special situation when it comes to working um, together. Um, So I wonder, in times of COVID, how did this change the way you work as an employer experience team? Or in other words, how do you ensure a good employer experience in a fully digital remote setting? (laughs) That's a great question. And and look, I think... (laughs) It's still one where we'll have to, um, we don't have the answers, right? We'll still need to figure it out. Yes. Um, but one, one thing is for sure, um, we're, we're not going back to the old ways, right? Um, okay. I think the pandemic has demonstrated a need for the employee for hyper-customization, hyper-individualization. So actually, if one thing mm-hmm. is for sure is that the pandemic has put the finger even more on the importance of employee um, experience. And uh, and I hope all of the work that we did before will help us um, be really successful in this new you know, phase. Um, I think what, what it also demonstrated is that the leaders have to lead differently um, in the new environment mm-hmm. with well-being being one of their well-being of themselves and well-being of their teams being one of the biggest change that we didn't really talk about right before. Even though well-being has always been important, but we never really talked about this before. And and that need for a line manager to really understand their teams, their individual, you know, the all of the different individuals in their teams, because today it's not just what you do. For, you know, as, as, your, as your job, but also who you are as a person, 
right? Which will then, there's no, there's no more line between your personal and, and your professional life. Sure. Um, and so yeah. what we've done, and look, we're still testing it. Huh? So it's, it's not of the press yet. But what we have done is yeah. we have built a toolkit for people manager to help them have these deep conversation one-to-one with each one of their team members to understand their needs um, and, and also understand their pain but also come together as a team and agree on what should be your team contract when working in a hybrid environment. And, and look, nice. we, as I said, we're still, we're still testing it, but we strongly believe that this will have a positive impact on you know, continuing to drive psychological safety, uh, but also ensuring that we have a highly effective team in this new hybrid environment, which, as I mentioned, still we still need to discover uh, a lot on that journey. Yeah, super interesting. You mentioned previously already the great transformation you are already um, in as, as PMI. So for the listeners, in 2016, um, PMI gave itself this bold ambition to create a smoke-free future by convincing legal-age smokers to quit smoking or offer non-quitters reduced risk products. This must have been a massive change for your people in terms of mindset, skill sets, ways of working, identity. Can you tell us how you personally have experienced this, you know, this change, this transformation since your arrival in October 2018? So indeed, look, in, in 2016, PMI publicly announced its bold ambition, as you called it, to deliver a smoke-free mm -hmm. future by providing better alternatives to cigarettes for adult smokers who would otherwise continue to smoke. And we do have a very clear message on this. People who don't smoke should not start. Uh, people who smoke should mm -hmm. quit. And those who don't or can't quit should switch to better alternative. And our reduced risk product mm -hmm. offer these better alternative. And to deliver on our commitment for a smoke-free future, the business had to change inside out. And yeah. enriching the employee experience was clearly an essential part of that transformation. And at first, it was difficult to get stakeholders to understand the benefits of EX because EX can be quite conceptual. But I have personally seen firsthand the increased interest and, you know, the request also for my team support for all strategic initiatives. I think it's clear now that EX is at the center of a functions transformation. I mentioned with you that we set up a customer forum to discuss like we do for commercial business and review all need from a uh, market and function um, And, and this really helps us prioritize investment of resources and money on the things that matter the most for our colleagues and for our business. ENPS really became the North Star of our organization as well. And today, all SMT, so, uh, you know, that's the member of, of the board, uh, strategic management team, mm -hmm. or senior management team, sorry, down to SMT minus two members, they have their team ENPS in their KPIs. So 
you know, and then the other thing is today we not only measures the what in our performance management, um, you know, system, we also measures the how. And I believe all of these mechanisms really support a better employee experience on all fronts, which is why, you know, it's really such an exciting and interesting time for our organization. Magali, where do you see the future of employee experience? Like maybe in general or in PMI, what, what excites you? Where do you see the future? Where do you see, what are the topics that are emerging? I think I will go back to what I told you at the beginning. Organizations have a lot more touch points with their employees than they have with their customers. Mm -hmm. And it's been proven, right? I mean, I will quote, you know, Richard Branson, I'm sure you know that quote, if you look after your employees uh, or customer don't come first, employee comes first, because if you look after your employees well, they will look after your customer well, right? I think we're really at the very beginning of such an exciting time for employee experience professional, because in my view, it's really, really critical to make sure that we have the proper listening mechanism, the measure in place to understand the needs of our different people. But organization, especially in this environment, Arnie, where it's so critical and so difficult to get talent. I'm sure you've heard this. Huh? It's the great mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. resignation, but it's also the war for talent. Yeah. I think in this environment, it's going to be really critical to be able to demonstrate to your current employees, but also to potential um, new hire people you would want to attract, that this is the type of organization that cares about its people. Mm -hmm. and, and, and we know that there's a lot of ways today to be able to look at, um, you know, how is the culture of that company? How does it feel to work there? How does it feel mm -hmm. to work for that line manager? So I, I think it's going to be really even more exciting for us because we realize our needs, you know, continue to evolve. <laughs> so it's not like we know once and then we'll know for sure. Um, and really what focusing on what matters the most and be flexible, you know, being flexible to see how this will change, I think will be really exciting for us. Really interesting. One last question and, and a term that, that just resonates with me while I was listening to you. You use this word hyper-individualization. You know, it's, it's something that, you know, you hear, as you mentioned, in the consumer or in the marketing area that you need to create more, you know, really kind of narrow personas and individualize the services. Can you elaborate a little bit on this, how you see this as with employees, hyper-individualization? What does it mean for you? Yeah, I think it, it means that we will really need to understand what an individual, and it could be a persona, right? But it could also be for, yeah. for as I mentioned earlier in the example on, on uh, the hybrid ways of working, as a line manager to understand their individual team members. Because, as I mentioned earlier, I think the, the younger generation, first of all, are a lot more demanding. Yeah. <laughs> But they're also demanding that customization in how they work. Because today, they no longer just look to work for a large organization. Mm -hmm. They look to work for organization where the purpose and the values 
will be very aligned to their own purpose and mm-hmm. values. Mm-hmm. And 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 also because people no longer just come to work for a paycheck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and I think this is where that term comes from. There's really going to be a need for for the organization that will continue to be successful and remember the most important asset in any organization is its people. Yeah. Right? There will be a need to really really deep dive on that need for hyper individualization, hyper customization. And we're seeing this in, in the way um, people reacted to this, um, you know, where do I work? Do I work from home? Yeah. Do I work uh, in the office? And uh, I'm sure you've read some of the uh, article around, you know, employees that were told you need to come back, f- you know, fully to the office. And they said, no, or we're going to quit. And exactly. <laughs> Yeah. And, and organization had to back up and, and listen to them, right? I could ask you know, like many questions, but my last question, my you know, two questions more. You know, one thing that you just mentioned is is, is really interesting. This famous Generation Z and the different demands that they have. Now, you clearly know, you know, because you know the different, exp- you know, the different expectations and experience. You measure that. Would you say it's justified? Do you think that the younger generation, the Generation Z, really differs in terms of, uh, you know, their uh, experience? expectations related to jobs than comparable to, I don't know, a 40-year or 50-year-old person? Uh, I think everybody has different needs. Yeah. But I think the younger generation are more vocal about this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I also noticed that even, you know, even the other generation are now starting to <laughs> be more vocal about their needs. But I... I uh, so I think, yeah, look, I um, I think everybody has different needs. I do think that there's less attachment in in one organization from the Generation Z, you know? Um, mm-hmm. I think they are really more looking after a purpose and ensuring that their values are aligned, which yeah, in the past, I yeah. mean, if you think of it, um, people that are... 45 or 55s today, they join a company in the hope of staying there for a long time. And, you know, they kind of, they were doing what they were told more, you know, and I think this is changing now. Yeah, and I think it's also changing not only because of different expectations from the younger generation, but it's also changing in the context of a um, you know a job market that is there are so many opportunities for talents they could they could switch instantly and so so I don't I think it's it's a general challenge for every company and that's why I think the work that you guys and the people that are working in employer experience is so important and and you know the other thing that nowadays doesn't seem like a change anymore but look we all managed in the past two years to work pretty much fully remote, right? Um, at least mm. for those that have office-based work. In the past, we couldn't work from home even like one or two days a week. Uh, you had to show up at work every day. And I think this is another aspect is we use technology now and, and you know, we, we've, we've seen the increase in our ability to use technology uh, in the past two years and, uh, and kind of like, you know, that jump that we did in terms of the tools that we used, which now allow us to work exactly anywhere. So that's why it's so easy to switch. 
because you could mm-hmm. be working for a company that is headquartered in, I don't know, uh, Paris, but still be located in London, right? So I think these, these changes are making it much more easier for people to switch, where in the past it wasn't. And, and as a result, people are, you know, openly voicing what their needs are because they yeah. know they have opportunities. So I think you're spot on in what you said. Um, it's a different environment. Our ways of working is very different and the environment is different. But it's a fantastic time for HR or com- communication professionals to create this kind of emotional connection between existing or future um, talents and the company. So really, really interesting. For anybody, Magali, who wants to, you know, inspired by what you just said, uh, want to learn more about that topic, is there any book, any podcast that you would um, specifically recommend? It's a good question. Look, I, I think... One of the first author that got me interested in employee experience was, um, and still is, Jacob Morgan. Um, so I would recommend reading uh, his Employee Experience Advantage uh, book, which was one of the first one I read that got me hooked. Um, okay, we will put this definitely in the show thank notes. Thank you. But also, you know, people like um, Ben Witter, who wrote uh, Employee Experience, Uh, develop a happy, productive, and supportive workforce. Uh, so this okay. one is interesting as well. And then there's another one, which is Employee Experience by Design, that talks about design thinking, but also designing experiences to ensure that uh, you know it's not just it, it's not just a, a design thinking, but also how do you actually bring it to life, right? By Emma Bridger, and. And personally, look, I love to read all of the article from Gartner's or Harvard Business Review because there is a lot of um, connection between the future of work and employee experience and um, ensuring that we get, that we have this knowledge about the future of work and we understand the new trend, the new ask um, will help us being better professional as well. Great. And, and podcast, maybe, I mean, you mentioned podcast as well, right? Yeah. Um, there is a great podcast called Work Life by Adam Grant. Um, but also Microsoft just came up with a podcast series called Work Lab. And so if you're particularly interested in hybrid working, uh, this could be insightful. Uh, and I always like the McKinsey podcast as well. Um, okay. So that would be the ones I would recommend. Great. So thanks a lot for that for that list. We will put that all in the show notes. Um, Magali, thank you so much for your time today. It was really, really insightful. I wish you all the best with your um, employer experience journey with PMI then. Thank you very much for inviting me. Hey there. Thank you for listening to Future Ready. Future Ready is produced by Cozen, a global communications and change agency on a mission to shape more healthy and thriving businesses. Find out more at wearecozin.com. If you like what you're hearing, please leave us a review or forward this show to someone who you think will love it. My today's quote at the end comes from Margaret Mead. Always remember that you are absolutely unique, just like everyone else. <laughs>